I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Oh, today's show is going to be a good one, and it's a dear friend of mine named Michelle Lutz, who's a worship leader, songwriter based in Los Angeles, but also mentors people in ministry. Uh, she has an incredible story. For those of you who haven't heard a story like this, they were infertile, her and her husband, Dan, and they went through that journey, and it was a very painful journey, and they were able to see God speak and move in a way that's very miraculous, and I think it's going to inspire a lot of you listening, whether you've been on a journey of infertility or not. Also, I want to ask her about transitioning from churches because she transitioned from a large church that we love called Oasis and became a part of our local church, Expression 58, where my best friends, Hone and Jennifer, are now the senior pastors. I helped uh, found the church and was the senior pastor for a number of years, and Michelle and Dan came on when Jen and Hona took over the senior leadership. And really caused something to happen that I think is unique in LA. I mean, there's 25 worship leaders or more that are involved in our church in different capacities. And just the worship collective that's coming out, uh, the, the latest album, Make Way, actually billboarded. And we're a small church who did no marketing. So, like, there's something that's happening on the music, the sound, the expression. And I've been wanting to have Michelle on for a long time. I've had her husband, Dan, on our Exploring the Industry show, which uh, if you don't listen to that, it's one of the downloads you receive for subscribing to the Exploring series way of exploring the industry and exploring the prophetic. And I'm going to encourage you to do that. Subscribe and get notifications for these. Uh, It's part of the Charisma Podcast Network. But I'm so excited that her and her husband and their family live here in LA and you get to hear from them just the incredible journey they've been on and how God's voice has made a key mark in every season they've been in to help move them into his really his best life that he could give them, which is just so beautiful. So come on the journey and listen. Before we get there, I just want to remind you that we have an online mentoring program. It's awesome. I mean, we have thousands of people involved and we have five videos a week that we release to you. And they're all types of videos. Like I do a mentoring video with someone from the platform every week. We do questions and answers from people from the platform every week, which is another video. We have a teaching video. We have inspire someone else in the prophetic who you've known or you might have heard of who shares their personal prophetic process. Then we have supplemental videos. Along with this, we also have e-courses. We have over five e-courses. We're doing new things every month. And one of the things we've just done recently is if you've heard of my new provision book, which is doing so great right now, it's a prayer book on provision. God is the provider. We have a 30-day devotional. When you join our platform, you get it for free as part of the platform. Every day, you're going to have a little three to five minute video to take you on a journey that God is your provider and he doesn't want you to be lacking in any area, whether it's favor, resources, finances, whatever it is, he wants to give you what is yours. He's a good father and he wants to lead you that way. So come join the mentoring platform. Welcome to the show today. Today, I have one of my ministry's friends, Michelle Lutz. Michelle, how are you? I'm great, Sean. How are you guys? So good. I'm so glad to have someone from the home team. I just love, <laughs> you know, having you on. We had Dan on Exploring the Industry, which is either out. The the TV show version was out already on CBN News, but we're, yeah. we're releasing them on uh, podcasts as well in the Exploring series. Oh, and Dan great. shared about himself as a musician. And he kept saying things, which I've wanted to have you on this forever, but he kept saying, oh, that's Michelle's story to tell. Oh, wait, I'm telling this story, but it's really Michelle's. I'm like, I can't wait to have her on. I would hear these amazing stories. And here you are. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. I hope I have the stories to tell. <laughs> I know you do. 
Well, uh, one of the places I'm going to go to first, I mean, okay. you obviously are a musician, you've had entertainment in your background, you've been in LA for a long time, serving at multiple churches, and then doing a lot of regional music for uh, worship, and then kind of helping to bring voices that um, don't always connect locally to a worship team or church, and they end up fitting really well, like our our own worship team at our church expression that you lead. Um, you You lead this family of people who... Some of them are touring when there's no COVID. They're touring, you know, eight months out of the year. And yet they come home and they find a home on the worship team. And then others, they may not normally fit or feel like they would fit into just a local worship expression. And yet they found a family. They found a home. And it's really because of you and Dan and -hmm. your leadership. And I just love so much your history in L.A. and then how you've applied that history to our the the church I get a benefit from and just be part of the community. And so thank you for that. And I want to just invite our listeners on the journey of like, when did, when did all this God stuff start for you as far as when did you really start pursuing God this way and, and seeing kind of the fruit in your life that you're seeing now? Um, Well, you know, I started, I was at a church, a wonderful church in Los Angeles um, for 16 years called Oasis Church. And it still feels like, we love them. And um, pastors Philip and Holly Wagner, they're like spiritual parents to me. They no longer pastor that church, but they're still pastors and um, on the board there and everything. But um, they, I kind of cut my teeth there and was raised up there and just learned so much about, um, you know, like a spirit-filled life and being led by the spirit. But I would say like where it really came alive for me, I mean, everybody's going to know this moment, but um, Kim Walker Smith singing, Oh, How He Loves Us. It's like, mm-hmm. it was a mind bending, my spirit was leaping and I'm trying to make sense of what I was watching. And I felt like, you know, I had mentored, been mentored from afar by Darlene Check, and have had the opportunity to sit down with her a few times and learned so much about the Lord and his heart from her. Um, and I, you know, for years I, learned to lead worship, just basically copying her. (laughs) And I was like, I was like Darlene karaoke in a lot of ways, but it was never a fake thing. You were never Darlene karaoke no matter what you (laughs) think. I did. I felt like when I, when I watched Darlene lead worship, it was like the first authentic thing you had mentioned. Like I have entertainment in my background. I'd moved to Los Angeles to become an actress. And so, um, Mm. but I always really just, hated it. It was like this push pull for me. Wow. And um when I saw when I went to church and I was desperate for the Lord in my life, like in my early twenties and ended up at Oasis, when I saw Darlene Check leading worship, it was like the first real, true, authentic expression on a platform I had ever seen. It was real. Yeah. And for me, yeah. like I was like, I okay, understand that. It. yeah. And I could tell she was saying singing something that was true. And there was someone on the other listening in. And I knew the Lord, but um, expressing myself in worship that way. And then when Kim Walker Smith did Oh, How He Loves Us, I was like, something came alive in me in a whole new way. And it was like permission to break outside of what I had seen like worship be like and an authentic relationship with the Lord be like. And so I just started getting you know, it's interesting hungry. just as an observer, because I, mm-hmm. I I remember that time when Kim actually sang that like live the first time. I think I was either oh, there or yeah. I saw it or whatever, because I was around Kim a lot. Kim's been a friend for years, her and her husband. Mm-hmm. But um, when I first saw Kim, it was before she was married and um, connected to her. I remember just feeling like this woman is like hitting a raw nerve of God. Yeah. 
Like it's not like a performance or just a worship time. And it's not like those people are like, well, I lead worship, but I'm not really present in it. I'm just doing it as a service to God. It was like, I am totally enraptured in the moment and I'm singing my guts out with every energy I have. I mean, there's certain worship teams will tell you only give like 70% because if you give a hundred percent, then you won't have energy left over. Like there's all these weird things that happen in the music world and the worship world. And she just would get on the stage and she would just, everything was left there. Yeah. When she left, it's like, she was doing it for Jesus, not for us. And you do that. And Darlene Check mm-hmm. does that. Like you do that. Like I watch you and I've seen you do that. And you also help other people to be present and to be connected. So I just wanted to observe that. I love that. Wow. That was one of your awakening moments because in your own form, you're not a copycat at all or karaoke at all. <laughs> you do that. So I love, for those of you who haven't heard uh, Expression 58's album yet, go listen to Make Way and listen to this woman sing and listen to what she's put together with the whole team, which it's a collective of many voices. But it's, I just wanted to add that in there in just a minute as a plug for you and who you are, but keep going. I don't want to take us out of the story. Wow. Thank you. Um, Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on it. I feel like for me as an actress, there was pretending there was like a, a need to kind of like become a blank slate and then add on character traits and a, and a backstory. And it was just pretending Um, there was something that just I was after, but couldn't find the authentic true thing. I think there was just a search for significance there. And then in worship, it was like all that stuff. And that's why I love worship so much. All that stuff just goes away. We were able to kind of like penetrate the atmosphere and, and the veil is torn because of what Jesus has done. There's like the air is thin on from, mm. from where we are now. And the eternal place where God remains, like Ephesians 2, 6, we died with Christ and we're raised and seated in heavenly places right now, right now. And I feel like in worship, it's just fully accessing that space and everything kind of fades away. It is my happy place. It is, I feel like it's our happy place as Christ followers, hopefully. Yeah. And um, we're able to just experience the Prince of Peace and the goodness of God. And so for me, when that happened, um, I became, it just like ignited a hunger and thirst for all of who he is and, and, um, what I wasn't necessarily accessing at the time. And it was nobody's fault. I just like, we were kind of in a stream where we weren't, I, I just didn't know what I didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, we can bring heaven to earth right now. Like this language of walking in the spirit of adoption, like on earth as it is in heaven. And, um, yeah, I just began to pursue that. And I discovered people like Heidi Baker and, um, you know, Bethel and Bill Johnson and just these books about hosting the presence and even wow. more amazing worship. And, um, I, yeah, my mind just kind of like the revelation dropped and I was like, there's more, how do I go after this more? And so we really experienced that at Oasis during that time. Um, at Oasis, I ended up, I started, you know, having children. At one point I had three kids under three, which is a, just another story we might get into, but <laughs> I'm hoping I, to get into the children's story after okay, like, okay. Let's actually talk about that later, but yes, keep, okay. keep going. Yeah. So when I had my three kids, the Lord, actually, I was sitting with the Lord one night and, um, just in the presence, like worshiping. And he told me, I'm calling you to a season home with your children. Mm. And I knew what that meant, that there was a cost to obeying him, but the cost would not um, outweigh what he was going to give me in return. Like I knew that because he, I, you know, I solved the, 
foundational thing in my heart that he's good and he's for me. So I knew what he was inviting me to was a good thing, but I knew I had to like let go of like my position on staff, being kind of in the inner circle of the workings of building our church. Um, But I just like leaned into that time. And so I quit my job. I just, I sat with my pastors. This was in 2014. I sat with my pastors and told them what I was thinking about. They prayed it through with me. And six months later, I ended up transitioning off staff and I went into this season, um, of just being home with my kids, but it was like a secret place season. And that fall, so I quit in June, like was my last day. And that fall, I remember it like correlated with the new year, the Jewish new year, Rosh Hashanah. And the week, the first week of 2014 of the Jewish new year, I had like seven consecutive, like intercession prophetic dreams that were, it was like my dream life came alive. Um, I started like, he started showing me things. I shouldn't know. And I just like, I have them all journaled still from that week. And um, he started speaking to me in crazy ways just through my dream life. And, um, you know, now we're like in this COVID thing and quarantine. And the time I'm in right now feels really similar to those three years of like the secret place with the Lord, except that, you know, I can't take my kids to the movies or <laughs> there's like totally. all these other things that are you know, hard. I've been calling this my forced sabbatical and I love it. I'm like, right. my sabbaticals where God called me away. And this time I actually have been waiting, you know, I was, I was about to go into high gear and um, go to 37 sure. cities in a very short period of time. And then COVID happened and it's been one of the most glorious seasons of our life in the context of family and identity. That's as far beautiful. as we've had, you know, we've had to restructure organization. We've had a lot of, just things happen that have been hard, but, um, around yeah. us, but, but as far as the course, so I totally relate to what you're saying. Cause I remember back to when I took a sabbatical for over a year and a half and, and you know, when everything was going well and God called me away and mm-hmm. it feels like that, but this time it's like, it was my joy to come away. I'm like, can I live this way? Is, is this yeah. my new life? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you rethink everything. Yeah. Totally. So call, everything's on the table. Of surrender. Everything's totally. on the table. And this one feels a little bit different, but I'm so grateful to have, that history of kind of being tucked away in the secret place. Cause it was during those years that, you know, I really stepped out in, I think that's the voice of God telling me to talk to my neighbor right now. I think that's the voice of God telling me to turn off, um, you know, this show and watch something else. And I would like do that little kind of like treasure hunt with the Lord. And he was, it's like, I turned off uh, up the volume of the voice of God by those little simple obedient steps and that still stays with me now. And I'm so grateful for that season. And then during that time, I was just leading worship as a volunteer at my church. And in 2016, right at the beginning of the year, we felt a shaking happening. Um, and we fasted and prayed for a few days. And the Lord just said, you know, this is not about like, I was like, what are you asking us to do? Are you wanting us to transition to another church? And, and he clearly said to me, Michelle, it's not what you're leaving. It's where you're going. And when I say go, you go. And I was like, okay. Um, so fast forward a few months, a, few, a couple months later, and my husband and I were at a marriage retreat. And during that marriage retreat, we both separately heard the Lord tell us, because we'd become friends with the Toledos at that point. And we heard the Lord tell us. Expression for I just to say that for our listeners. It's the pastors of the church we all go to. Yes. And you're, and you're best friends for a long, long time. And um, they said, the Lord said, to both of us separately, I want you to sell your house and go to Expression 58. 
So we came back together and we both were like, would you hear the Lord? And my husband told me, I'm like, that's exactly what I heard. And I was like freaking out. I thought, there's no way. Like, I don't know. Lord, I was kicking and screaming about that because for me, it felt like I didn't want my, my spiritual parents to feel like I was like leaving them, you know, but I knew what the Lord was asking me to do. So I just really wrestled with the Lord about that. And, and he said, Michelle, let's dream about what this transition can look like. And um, it's so funny that we're going here, but I'll just keep going if that's okay. I'm like, um, he said, let's write down what everything like you make a prayer to me about what you'd want this transition to look like. And so I wrote down, like, I want us, I want to be like closer with my pastors. I want to like continue to lead worship at Oasis if it's possible. Like I just wrote it all out. I want it to feel really good for them. Like I want it to feel really good for us because I just wanted to, it to be like a, a, a win-win for everybody and not have any sorrow in it. But you know, at the end of the day, I can't control how that would be. And I, and I honestly felt like if I was to leave Oasis that I would never lead worship again. Wow. And so that was a real wrestle too, but I knew God had, I knew what he had said to do. And then I had a dream. I was asking him to confirm his word. And I had a dream on Valentine's day weekend where there was this man next to me. And I now know like the man next to me was Jesus in my dream. And I was just like, we were in love and we were engaged to be married. And he invited me to like jump off this cliff into the ocean. And we jumped off the cliff into the ocean and it was so fun. And I was like, it was like this adventure. And I woke up and I shared it with my husband. And we, I knew it was the Lord like inviting me into this like leap with him and to follow him wherever he was leading me to go. And it was like in that one dream, all the peace came to be okay. And so in that leaping and everything I like prayed that would happen, happened with my, with my pastors. And, um, and the Lord began to open all these doors for me to lead worship at these other churches, to start writing songs with people I had never written before with before. And there was all this more that I could have never imagined. And I literally like laid down the worship leading thing. Like I might never lead worship anymore and that's okay. Cause I'm, af- I'm following where you're leading me. And, um, I ended up leading worship at Oasis for a year after I was already at expression and so I'd lead worship at Expression, and then we'd go, and I'd lead worship at Oasis in the evening. And um, you know, the Wagners are still very, we're still very close. And um, and now, like, well, let me just interject real fast here. Leading. Yeah, because as a, as a you know person who's a senior pastor for ten or eleven years, and then also just still have spiritual kids, it's like part of the thing that a lot of pastors don't realize, even mature ones, is that God has one body. And he trains up some kids with us and then sends them out or he, we inherit, you know, the equity from somewhere else from some kids. And one of the things that uh, God had spoken to us when we moved to LA is that we were going to be a resource center and that we were going to have a lot of people come and go and that we had to release them with great love and also receive them with great love. And it was really hard for me the first two years, because after about two years of really building deeply and going, we're going to do life together forever because you feel eternity in the relationship but you would translate it to the natural and you feel betrayed when someone leaves for something. Cause it's like they get a better offer, but it's not that at all. Right. And a lot of pastors go through that. And what I love about your journey is that you were brave enough to go, even when 
you weren't sure what it looked like. And I think a lot of people who are listening are like, you know, it was that's never easy. Even if even if there's pastors who are mature and understand how to release you, yeah, like uh, it's never easy when you have somebody you count on who you consider family. But the it's beautiful true. thing is, in eternity, that that eternal sense we have in the relationship, that's what we'll inherit there. All anything else goes away, and we'll just inherit the best of what we have together. And so, like, just you know, having an eternal mindset is so important as leaders because. You know, the COVID has changed so much for so many people. I know people who are moving out of cities like right and left, just yeah. moving, or people who are, you know, like our school that your kids and our kids go to. We're all thinking about like, are we supposed to be at that school anymore right now? If it's mm-hmm. locked down still in LA, like everything's on the table again. And that's not an issue of um, not supporting or being faithful to the school. That's an issue that's of right. like, we have to obey God. Right. And I think when the Holy Spirit's really leading you, and I'm just saying this for our listener, not for you, Michelle, because totally. I know you know this, when the Holy Spirit's really leading you, you do make decisions sometimes that aren't like the normal decisions that are just Christian virtue decisions, which is like faithfulness and loyalty is number one. Well, it is, unless God's asking you to do something else. And it doesn't mean you're not faithful or loyal anymore. It means that you may not be positionally faithful or loyal in the same way. But yeah. spiritually, you are, and so I think that that's what was one of the things that was beautiful about your transition is because when you guys came over, all I heard from all these years is how much you loved your root system of your you know of Oasis, and you guys helped to bridge us to relationship to them, and we just inherited so much from your relationship and your spiritual family, and you carried that so well, no matter what happened was going on in your hearts or anything else, or if you've had any battles or I don't know. But I just know that like it's been so beautiful. And I know that the Wagners, the one time I've talked to them, I've talked to the other pastors there that are now senior pastors more, yeah. um, who are just my kindred spirits. I, just love I know, too. Julian and Christina. Oh, love. they're so we love great. you. <laughs> but, um, just when I talk to like it's just, it's a family of affection because of you guys. Yeah. Wow. And I think that that's a picture of when people are transitioning that's just part of it. So I don't know why this this part of the story, I just want to highlight transitioning. Yeah, and I want to I want to just add two things, if that's okay. Just yeah, that I, they were massive for me that the Lord just like handed me. The first one was when I was praying, like, Lord, are you calling us to leave Oasis? This was before he had said to go to Expression. And he said, are you calling us to leave the church? He said, Michelle, this question doesn't make sense in my kingdom. And you touched on that. Like, it's I'm all so my bright. bride. So you can't leave the church. You're my, you are my church and combined together, you're all my church. So that's the wrong question, first of all. And that just invited me into different, the, the different kind of praying. And then the other thing, which was separate, the Lord warned me. I remember he said, Michelle, be careful as you're transitioning that you never build a case about what you're leaving. This is about where you're going. It's not what you're, it's not about building a case about what you're leaving. Cause I think our brains default to, justifying things that God's like, if you can be okay in the mystery and not understand it all, then you won't have to build a case about any that's negative. That's not me. That's not blessing what you're leaving. Well, and when someone's leaving because they feel an assignment, a lot of times someone will perceive it as a breakup or a divorce and they'll put, they'll change the narrative of the whole relationship versus like all of us having a good heart and saying, Wow, you, we we've had this relationship this closest to each other this amount of time. It hurts that you're leaving; that causes grieving. But I also love the fact that I can inherit through what is in your future, and that the kingdom of God is going to grow because of our relationship in you. Yeah. And so I think that, like, that's those are kinds of languages. I know it's not easy, but those are kinds of it languages isn't. that you know. I think like your, your story, disciples. You know, just people who are listening right now, because I think you know it's not about being perfect; it's about doing things with the right fruit. Yeah, you know, because we, years later we have the right fruit from your relationship in Oasis where 
It's yeah. like it benefited our personal church our, and our local relationships and just our friendships so much because of you and mm. Dan being brave, you know, wow. being applying brave, brave love as uh, Brene Brown would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's so important to not, you know, be blindsided to things if, if there's like real abuse going on and stuff like that. And so I just think understanding also that when you're in relationship with people for a very long period of time, you see everything. And it's like, at the end of the day, what is the Lord calling me to do? And, um, and how do I honor my brothers and sisters in Christ? Cause we're family before we're anything else. So. <laughs> so true. Well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit if that's okay. I want to yeah. talk to you because you guys have one of the best miracle stories about children. Mm. And uh, you guys, when you got married, um, well, just take us there. Like take us with, with your journey of like, when you first got married, and you were thinking about having kids, what was going on? Yeah. So we got married about two years in, decided, <clears throat> okay, we're ready to start a family. Dan was 30 when we got married. I was 28. And um, we're like, let's start trying. So two years later, we're still <laughs> nothing going on. And so we just started exploring like, okay, something going on. Um, and then like milds, just kind of interventions and fertility like treatments. Um, and it was this game of, I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say a game. It was just this like back and forth of, well, there's nothing diagnosed. We can't figure anything out. We did a lot of testing and I'd say about three years in, we were, we were, um, diagnosed with unexplained infertility is what they call it. And so, um, that was heartbreaking and hard. And also, you know, it's still like this invitation to either be in hope or, you know, obviously just the enemy trying to get at us and just be in discouragement. It was like a daily decision. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was hard. We, you know, obviously there's like a, sorry for the graphic graphicness of this a little bit, but it was like every, every 28 days, a woman has a cycle. And I became this expert of like, okay, middle of the cycle, day 14 is the time where you can conceive. And then you hope that you did. And then, you know, by 20 day 28 or day 30, you're just like bracing. I was just like bracing my heart for, will I be pregnant or not? And so, you know, years of that is really difficult. And I just like want to, my heart goes out to anyone listening that is going through that because it is one of the hardest heart-wrenching journeys that anyone can ever go through. Um, You know, and even the decision to share with close people or because then they're wondering too, and then they're, you know, knowing that maybe you're around the time to conceive and then they don't want to ask. And then, you know, there's just like, there's just a lot of nuances around that whole journey. And so, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I was also leading worship at the time and overseeing a worship and creative arts team. And, um, some of our pastors knew what we were going through and then some of our staff began to know, and then people were standing with us and praying with us for that whole thing. Um, and for me, it was, like I said, it was like this daily, like choice. I think I kind of battled like mild depression probably in like year four. Wow. And it was this daily choice of waking up and and just saying, Lord, I don't have any more tears to cry. Like mm. I'd be up at four in the morning, like praying for this, contending for this thing. And I know every scripture about like 
children are a promise from the Lord. They're an inheritance. Like it's my portion. And, um, you know, this was a season where the Lord, like I would never want to do it again, (laughs) but I would never trade it for anything in the world because I experienced that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And I experienced that he captures every single tear. And I experienced, um, you know, like I said, being on my face and at four in the morning and having no more tears to wring out of my eyes. (laughs) And he and him in his loving kindness, like only he can do speak to me and say, you know, four days before I found out if I was pregnant or not. And him saying to me, Michelle, will you be okay if you're not pregnant this month? Mm. And just by his voice, like his word speaking to me, it was like within that voice was the power to be okay. I was like, yeah, because wow. you actually are enough for me right now. And being close to you is actually enough for me right now. And look, I know that is, that is not something I could put on anybody else. That was my personal experience of the Lord. Yeah. And he would give me these like heads up. I'd say like maybe like half a dozen maybe eight times he would tell me before I wasn't pregnant that I wasn't pregnant before I found out. Wow. And it was like this intimacy I experienced with him that I would, I can't, I cannot trade. I would never trade. And it was through the hardest heart wrenching season. And so we tried all these infertility treatments. It was very difficult. And then we got to this place where we just gave up and it was, um, 2009, we gave up in the fall and we just said, you know, we're going to put this on the table and give this a break. Like I just, it was too hard. It was maddening. And, um, we let it all go. And it was around that time where, um, I remember driving on the freeway in traffic and I was listening to this old song called desert song that Brooke Frazier sings. I don't know if people know that song, but basically the last verse of the song, um, talks about well, the chorus says, I will bring praise. I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I, and it's just all, all the bridges, all of my life in every season, you are still God and I have a reason to worship. I have a reason to praise. And that was my song wow. during this season. So Desert Song came and I remember I was singing this song in traffic and I sang it like four times in a row. I was by myself. I was, I had like played hooky from a baby shower because it just felt like this place of mocking for me. And I was like, I had gone to the baby showers over and over and over again and celebrated with my friends as they all got pregnant and had babies. But this one day I was discouraged and I, I didn't go to the baby shower. And I said, went to go see my, my mom and my sister in Orange County. And I was driving there, listening to the song. And the last verse says, this is my prayer in the harvest when favor and providence flow. I know I'm filled to be empty again. The seed I received, I will sow. Wow. And I sang that over again. And the Lord, like, I felt his quickening in my spirit that he was putting his thumb on this verse. And I got quiet in my car and I said, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? What are you saying to me? Like, I was crying out. He said, Michelle, Isaiah 55, 8, my word will not return to me void. And I said, okay, but what is your word for me? Like I was just wrestling. Mm-hmm. I was asking like, but what's your word? The seed you re- I received, I will sow. What's your word? 
And he clearly said, like in an inner audible voice, he said, Michelle, just because you can't turn to Deuteronomy 4, and it says, Michelle Lutz will have a baby from her womb, doesn't mean that right now I am saying to you, I'm not, I am saying this word to you, you will have a baby from your womb. Wow. And I was like, ah, he spoke to me. I believe it. I heard it. Because at this point we were like, should we adopt? Should we like let this dream die and, you know, reimagine what family will look like? Because I'm all for adopting. If you say that's the journey you have us on. I was like, I wasn't sure where to attach my faith. And he gave me a word. He said, you will have children from your womb. And so I said, okay. Yeah, we sure did. So I called a friend right away who's just like a faithful friend. Her name is Brooke Wright. And she just like, I called her. I'm like, Brooke, the Lord told me I'm going to have children from root. She just screamed and celebrated. And she was like, Michelle, you heard the voice of God. Like, can we just talk about that? You heard the voice of God. And she just mixed her faith with mine. And we celebrated that God had given me this word. And so I wrote it down and I shared it with my husband and we stood on that word. And then um, I say like probably like eight months or nine months later, we were in a service at church and, you know, really busy on church mornings because of my job. And we were hosting Christine Kane that morning, who is a dear friend and had been coming to Oasis for like 15 years before that. So I'd known her for a very long time and she was at our wedding and lots of different things. And she said to me, right before our service started, she's like, Michelle, I have a word for you. And I was like, okay. She's like, no, I'm going to give it to you later. And I'm like, okay. She's like, are you going to be in service? And I was like, yeah. So (laughs) sitting in service, the whole message happened at the end of the message. She was talking about like pregnancy in the spirit and the birthing process. And at the end of the message, she said, Michelle, I have a word for you in front of everybody. And, And I had it recorded. And she was like, I woke up this morning and I heard, I, I just had, I had a knowing in my spirit that you are going to have a baby. Are you trying to get pregnant right now? And like putting me on blast. And I was like, oh my gosh. yes. And she was like, you're going to have a baby. And she said, I see a supernatural multiplication happening in your life. And um, she talked about like ministry and like multiplication and ministry and things like that. But now, fast forward, like a uh, spoiler alert, we had we we got pregnant with multiples and we have twins. So her <laughs> word was um, you know, right on, like physically as well. And so a year, I think it was a year after that, we got pregnant with my boys, which is a whole nother story. And um <laughs> and then we got pregnant with my daughter, who and then we had three babies under three. So <laughs> wild. Yeah, so that's my supernatural story. It was um I mean there's a lot more to it. So No, but it's so relatable though. And I think for people who are listening, these are the kinds of stories I'm hoping that will come out on the show because people need to have faith. Faith comes from by hearing, and many of you who are listening obviously have things you're believing for that feel impossible. And you might it may not be a baby, it may be something else that you're grieving over and saying, God, how do I walk with you in this? And he does want to walk with you this closely, just as closely as Michelle has explained one of the things I love that we say all the time is, you know, he has no favorites, which means if he'll do it for Michelle, he wants to do something for you too, who are listening. Mm-hmm. So Michelle, before we leave uh, the program, and I, I hate to stop it because it's so rich, mm-hmm. but uh, tell us how to get a hold of you and what you're working on right now. Cause I love this thing that I, I've been seeing pop up on my Instagram, what we've talked about. Um, tell us how to get involved with it. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah. Wholehearted is a mentorship program that I have currently. It's been um, for worship leaders 
for women in worship. But both times I've done it, we've had men get involved. So I'm dropping the women. Good. <laughs> the I'm women so proud part. Of Good. Yeah, we, we've endeavored to start it that way. And I knew it wasn't going to stay that way. But I feel like the Lord is like, you know, I just open it up. And so um, we've had, you know, a half a dozen men involved as well. I just started my second round yesterday. Um, it's a bit, basically a three-week shot-in-the-arm mentorship program of six classes. And the Lord um, was really clear with me about helping ignite revival and fire into people who are already in ministry so that they could bring revival and into their spheres of influence. And so that's what Wholehearted is all about. Um, it's going after identity, what it looks like to have our spirit man leading our soul, our mind, will, and our emotions, and our body, because our soul man was always meant to be the one that's leading. And then just walking in the authority that Jesus died to give us and how to just maintain the fire over, you know, the the long haul, having been in ministry for oh, 20 really? years. I feel like the Lord's given me some secrets and tools about that. So that's what Wholehearted is all about. Um, these next ones will be for anyone in ministry, not just yeah. worship ministry. So you can stay tuned for that. You can get a hold of me at michellelutz.com and just click on the mentorship tab. Well, and that's what people are looking for is great tools of mentorship. And I'm excited that you're offering one as a spiritual mom. And I'm telling you, whether you're older than Michelle or younger, Michelle, it doesn't matter. Listen to her voice. And also, if you want to hear her singing voice, she regularly plays at Expression 58, which you can uh, live stream us every week or get our album, which is so amazing. E58's newest album, which Billboard did. It was so cool. Like God yeah. just put this on you guys and you guys are working on some new music as well for those who are wondering. But at least YouTube it if you don't buy it. And go listen to some really good worship music music that will take you to the place you need to be. It's taken me many, many times. I put that on as just one of my defaults, which is so good. But thanks for being on today, Michelle. We so appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Love you guys. Love you too. We have some exciting news. We have a new online platform called Bowls Ministries Online Platform. It includes all of our content for one low price. This is all of our e-courses, which is Keyzone's Economy, Prophetic 101, Modern Prophets, Living a Thriving Marriage, God's Secrets. But here's where it gets really interactive. We have a Translating God mentoring platform with new content every week. So weekly teaching videos and group and individual mentoring videos and guest contributors from around the world, weekly prophetic testimonies, weekly Q&A. You're going to love this. This is an interactive platform that invites you to exclusive content for me and guests. There's also an opportunity for you to submit your dreams to interpret. You guys are going to love this. And this is all one low price of $14 a month. And I want you are exploring the prophetic family to join. Come be a part of this. It's going to change your life. And I know we're going to enjoy having you. So come visit BowlsMinistries.com. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlsministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles. 